listen to hair wrong. From hair wrong, I'm listening to hair wrong. They're wrong, I'm listening to hair wrong. From hair wrong, I'm listening to hair wrong. Birds of a feather flock together, yeah, yeah, yeah. Still kicking facts up under pressure, yeah, yeah, yeah. Still gotta keep the world together, yeah, yeah, yeah. Who gon' do it like, like us? Birds of a feather flock together, yeah, yeah, yeah. Still kicking facts up under pressure, yeah, yeah. Hello, 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 and thank you for joining us on Heron's Home Podcast. I am your host, Corey Robertson, alongside my sound, that man extraordinaire, Rico G. What's going on, everybody? How y'all doing? And we step back into the studio for episode 397. Welcome back, everybody. Yeah, what's going on? Yes, sir. So what you been getting into this week? Uh, this week, I got to see uh, a really good movie in um, Ninja Turtles uh, Mutant Mayhem. Oh, okay. And I got to see a really not good movie in Expendables 4. So okay, I did not catch a single thing I saw. All right, dope, dope, dope. Because um, I want to save Loki and Gen V for Sunday. Word. So yeah, let's definitely jump into those two right there. I'm glad you got to watch two two uh, very uh, diametrically opposed oh, yeah. movies. So <laughs> different. Um, and I'm so glad I I, I watched them in the right order. Because if I'd watched Teenage Mutant, Nin- Nin- if I'd watched the Ninja Turtles Mutant Mayhem movie first, I may not have finished Expendables. You know wow. what I mean? Wow. <laughs> It was that deep of a, a ghost. Yo, Expendables, like the entire like 30 minutes I'm watching it, I'm like, yo, these guys' banter is trash, bro. Wait, wait you like, only watched 30 minutes? Or no, I watched just the, the whole first, thing, oh, okay. but it was really bad in like the first half of the movie. Like, really? As, because they were establishing the story. Like once... Um, oh, no, no, no. If you're well, establishing okay. stories in Expendable without guns well, and you're talking... See, and I, I agree with you 100%. I feel like that was a big part of the problem is there wasn't enough action, right? So um, this one, um, spoiler alert, I I don't think anyone's really that caught up on Expendables (laughs) spoilers, but just in case, mild spoiler alert, I'm going to spoil the movie. It's courtesy. I give it. Right. (laughs) I get it. Um, So the the movie in this one, fucking uh, uh, Stallone, he's got the team back together, but it's not like the really good team. It's like, Half of the good team and a bunch of other people that you C-team? are like unfamiliar with. Yeah. So there's this dude who's playing. Uh, um, I'm pretty sure it's supposed to be uh, um, Antonio Banderas's character's son from the the from, oh, okay. from yeah, that yeah. movie. Um, they also have this new Asian lady called Lash. I'm not really sure where she's from. No, I'm not familiar with her. And they brought in 50 Did, Cent. Am I familiar with the actress of Lash? I don't believe so. I didn't okay. recognize her, but I can look her up. But yeah, so and they got 50 Cent? Uh, they got 50 Cent. Randy Couture is back. Dolph Lundgren's back. Um, um, yeah, those niggas always need money. <laughs> the lead. It's essentially <laughs> like, yo, who's the brokest <laughs> of the cast? Because they're returning. Uh, uh, the, the lead was Jason Statham and Stallone still. So, you know, they're back, and Megan Fox is in there. But you did get um, fucking Tony Jaa again, but Tony Jaa didn't show up till halfway through the movie. Nah, and me. when he did, he was a repentant fighter, and he didn't really start whooping ass until, like, the last 15 minutes of the movie. Ah, why? Feel me? So, but Uko Iwais from um, uh, The Raid fame, he's the main villain in this one, so he has the big showdown against Jason Statham in the climax. So that fight was really good, of course, it's... Ukoiwaisi always. Not, you know what? Always now that I think about it, I don't think I've seen a good fight movie in a minute, bro. Because it's all been like action. Don't yeah. get me wrong. Like there's Marvel movies. You know, you, you got your extraction type movies. Um, only because, and I only use extraction as the archetype because, like, that one was like literally the textbook. 
<laughs> like they literally went beat for beat for what that type of movies trope was supposed to be. Um, so you got your, you know, but that's all like guns and stuff. You, know? yeah. you get some some Krav yeah. Maga style hand CQC type going. I mean, not like martial arts fights. You know what I mean? There's gonna be. I'm I'm really uh, 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 unfortunately the new Black Dynamite movie is on limited release. But oh. it should be on digital soon. The Western one, right? Yeah, yeah. The the outlaw Johnny Black. So I'm excited for that one, and hopefully that one has a lot of fights in it. Not even for though nothing. Tony Jaa is an actual fighter. Oh hell yeah, Tony Jaa is down. For me, he was kicking the fuck out of people in Ongbok, bro. Where is my elephant? <laughs> Yo, but yeah, no. Tony Jaa is good for a fight scene. So. That, that that could turn out with some good 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 sets. It did, bro. Every oh, time they allowed him to fight, Tony Jaw did really, really well in Expendables. Well, like, you, not for nothing, like, you know what's really crazy is like not only is he a trained fighter, but he is actually a really good stuntman. Yeah. And so like he brings all of those skills to bear when he's in movies. I, I enjoy watching him. Oh, he's that. he's super duper good. But um oh, so the plot of this movie is essentially um uh, what's his name? Stallone is trying to catch some dude called Ocelot from his past who's been, who's like the CIA ghost operative that's been fucking shit up for decades and shit. So they go do this mission where they're trying to catch, um, again. I guess or, someone told him Ocelot was taken. <laughs> um, so they go to Libya to stop Uko Iwais' character from stealing a, 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 a bunch of nuclear detonators. And in that's the opening mission, and and um, Stallone's character ends up dying in that part. Nice. And so, um, so I don't have to watch him fake run for the whole movie. <laughs> and so Statham takes over the movie from that point on. And what was uh, what was really funny? He did a pretty good job, but there was still like that big establishing. Like, there's pretty much like thirty minutes of establishing plot where there isn't a lot of action, and I'm just like, man. Yeah, see, that's like, the problem. Yeah, these guys Those are... Those movies are actually... I, I, mean, I should say Expendables 1 through 3. They were a hearkening back to, like, a time when the plot really didn't need to be that thick. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And, and um, the thing about Expendables, it was never about the plot. Everybody no, knew what we were there for. Absolutely. It's the old dudes, guns, and explosions. That's absolutely. why we're all here. It was nostalgia guns. Yep. You know, and, and we were here for that, and that was fine. And so when you tell me that they they had way too much spoken dialogue, I'm like, what? Yeah, they. How, it's like it's yeah they they forgot the formula that made the the Expendables magic in the first place. It's like it's like they thought they could do it legitimately. And they had Tony Jaa. <laughs> you know that guy's used to working, right? Like that nigga would have bought the whole movie through, and he would have been fine with it for whatever paycheck you gave him. Like. Come on, guys. Yeah, but yeah, didn't get, didn't go down like that. It, 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 that that they got that cast together and then chose to 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 do dialogue based exposition. Like, at, I mean, well, those guys didn't do too much talking. Most of the dialogue exposition is Statham, Fox, and really uh, and truly, uh, they they should get like it, like yeah. a late night stand up comedian writers to write that, and then all the dialogue should be exposited in the middle of gunfights. Like, if that's not happening, I don't understand what they're doing here. I mean, it is what it is, right? They literally had three templates where they knocked it the fuck out of the park. So, you know what I'm saying? What are you doing? (laughs) I'm like, what do you mean? You know what I mean? It's just one of those. But I I also feel like 
it's lost its magic, you know? Um, oh, actually, no, that's not true. I just think they're not doing it right. Because look yeah, at... because um, no one else is really doing it anymore. Because like look that. at Fast 9, right? Exactly. Those Fast 9 so. is utterly fucking ridiculous, and they never forget that. And that is what keeps those, movie going, keeps those movies going, is because... People agree that no, these movies are not good movies, but mm. they're fun movies. They're made to be they're fun, made for kids. and they are fun for, oh, and sorry. ridiculous. Maybe like young adults. They're, they're made, made for, for young kids adults. and the kids in all of us. You know what I mean? We all like to have fun. No one likes to be responsible all yeah. the time. Sometimes you just want to see some shit that you enjoy. You know what I'm saying? And that's what these movies are. And unfortunately, mm-hmm. Expendi- Expendables forgot that, tried to do something new, and. It didn't work. I, like I, I didn't feel like the chemistry between a lot of the crew was there. I, I, I saw one, one, um, one, one article that said that uh, uh, it, it seemed like none of them wanted to be there, and it was just, they were just doing it for a paycheck. And it, see, honestly, yeah. it really felt like that. Because you know what, even in Expendables one through three, that was kind of like an undercurrent. That because none of them did want to be there, but in terms of like the characters themselves in world, so. That was a sentiment, but there was chemistry between like Mickey Hell Ward yes, and Jet Li absolutely. and Jason Statham and you know Terry Crews. They and came all that out stuff. to play and, and I, it I, showed. I don't, I don't tout Terry Crews outside of his acting, you know what I mean? But <laughs> inside of his acting, he had really good chemistry. You know what I mean? Like that crew, that series of crews, like even though they were playing characters that didn't want to be there, that didn't kill the chemistry, you know? Yeah, I mean, shout out to Andy Garcia though. He plays, um, I guess the the secondary villain, and he was great. He was chewing the scene up in, in, in the ending of the movie, and that was great. I love me a, a good over the top villain when they're being foot. Oh man, and they, well they did something really wild in this movie that I have to at least point out. I feel like this was like the um the absurd stunt of the movie for me. Is Jason Statham essentially like did a burnout on a fucking um uh, uh like a helicraft carrier, and that was really because the helicraft carrier had a nuke in on a car? it. Was this in a car? No, on an aircraft carrier, oh. a big ass boat in the ocean. He oh. dropped the anchor in it, cranked the wheel, turned up the throttle, and drifted it in a in a to change the direction one eighty from where they were going to turn the boat around. And I was just like. I mean, that's pretty hard. Dude. You know what I mean? I that's feel like hard I had to fuck. give them a shout out for that. That's kind of like hard. I had to give them the shout out for that. That That is completely absurd. I mean, what? That absolutely is. And what's the absurd part about it is it took place in about, I don't know, the whole scene is maybe like 30, 45 seconds. They're like, absurd. yo, my nigga. Nah, moving changing shit the direction that of one size? Of those, bruh. Fuck out of life. Yo. But, but the thing is, is like his driving bonus is like plus twenty five, <laughs> so he's passing with like exceptional. Me, I was like, yo, yeah, you know I mean, success. these niggas did not, bro. He dropped the anchor, There's cranked no the throttle, that dr- fucking that, turned the the, the drive damn wheel. There's no way he just met that drive CC. He definitely exceeded it by a lot. I was like, see, see, guys, you do get it. Why can't you do this all the time? It's absurd. We understand, but they, they, I don't know. It felt like. They were copying. They were copying the Marvel formula, and they just so like it felt like chemistry wasn't there, and the the dialogue and their quips and their banter, a lot of it fell really flat for me. About so, the only running joke I like was the one with Randy Couture's character, where he um people would constantly ask him. Well, not constantly. I think it happened like three times. They'd ask him about his cauliflower ear, and I, then he'd yeah, go I, into this whole diatribe. Of, well, it's funny you ask. It's actually pretty common among yeah, uh, yeah. wrestlers in college and shit. Crazy. <laughs> But you know, to a much smaller degree, to a, so that that's how you felt about the whole movie. 
to a much smaller degree, that's what I was trying. That's the point I would think I was trying to make about Blue Beetle was like, you know, I could we could have just leaned into the action comedy instead of trying to put the drama in there. And I think that that would have landed more because in terms of the story, it it lent itself a lot to that. You know what I mean? And yeah. the exposition I mean, during those moments, I think, would have lent very much more than the dramatic element. You yeah. know what I mean? I mean, there's a good chance that that's his preference, though, because as I mentioned from mm-hmm. before, it was my favorite family propaganda, and the dramatic moments with oh, the yeah. family really, really hit for me. Right? Some yeah. of the, those were some of my favorite parts of the movie. Well, no, and the two that I'm talking about in particular that I felt were out of place was um, the wailing scene, only because of the it took you away from the uh, the scene a lot, and the scene where he met with his father's spirit. Other yeah. than that, I feel like all of the um the family scenes were pretty much on point. I agree. The the family was a major hitting point for me. It was just like the addition of drama in certain scenes I thought was extra, but at least it wasn't the whole movie. Like it seems yeah, like Expendable definitely. was like half of the movie, the definitely. first half of the movie had entirely too many drawn out drama scenes where there was exposition and it was like, you know, you could just shoot people. Yeah. Or kick them. Yeah. And I would be just as happy. And, and the worst pay, part about it is the writers. And the worst part about it is it wasn't even drama sometimes. It was just like just bullshit back and forth banter that was just like, oh Ugh. god. That that's even it's worse. Like, you know what? And 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 that's even worse, I think, is inane scenes that do not carry any like entertainment value to them. That is the worst. Um, I heard someone describe like, you know what's worse than a bad video game? A boring video game. Facts. And I was like, oh, that's so true. Fact. People a bad play game bad. Will make you feel. A boring game will make you angry you spent your money. And not only that, people will play bad games as an obstinance to defeat the and game's find badness. Something. They will find something me? about the bad game they like to yeah. make their time worthwhile. The, people will take the bad game as a challenge and be like, nah, you ain't getting me, nigga. I'm like, going to show you. Because, like, you could have a bad game that has a good story or that too. Uh, a terrible story with on top of some amazing mechanics. And so technically you have a bad game, but people will find something to latch on to. But a boring game? Yeah, no. Yeah, you, does, you, it you means just... that the story and the fucking gameplay falls flat? Uh, that's like a, a an action movie with too much talking. <laughs> Facts. That's where we're at with that. This is going to fall out of existence with that one. So, yeah, I guess that's the uh, Expendables 4 experience. Yeah. Uh, skip the first half of the movie. Jump Pretty in much, Tony dude. Jaws uh, is introduced. Oh, another big spoiler alert. It was all a lie, my nigga. It was all a lie. Stallone wasn't dead. He fucking showed ah, up. In, no! He showed up in the last two. <laughs> You're supposed to the... pass the torch, my G. You can't <laughs> fake your death. He showed up in the last two movies oh, to rescue Jason man. Statham from his own death fake-out scene. And I was like, uh, why didn't you just... Why should you just leave him dead, bro? Bro, you know that that's like when I, that's like when um Princess Leia was like dead in outer space and they were and like not space up. Jesus. I was mm-hmm. like, no, yeah, pretty much. Not that I don't like the character, but you're supposed. It's okay to die. Yeah, like he, what's really funny too is is like um they pointed it out in the movie too because um 
uh it's okay so the, the plot of the, is the they're trying to get this big ass aircraft carrier with a nuke on it disguised as an american uh aircraft carrier and detonated in russia right mm. and that's when jason statham is not footing up fuck that i'm a drift to shift back out into the international waters and then sit and then <laughs> and so, then, so he pulled a bootleg reverse in the aircraft carrier <laughs> while power sliding through the turn for blue really? sparks. Using, he had blue sparks. Using blue sparks the, on the anchor water, right? as fucking an emergency break, by the guy. I was, was like, blue yo. sparks on the water. They, please tell me that they overlaid some blue sparks on that <laughs> somewhere. <laughs> And the, and then he um but when he before he did all that he let the whole crew get away because he was like yo don't let my sacrifice be in vain get out of here and save homeboy because Randy Couture's character had gotten shot Nigga, it's a movie and they had to evacuate him, right I enjoyed watching it. and then he's like yeah don't be my sacrifice in vain and like two fucking minutes later Stallone showed up in a chopper and he was like yeah remember that douchebag from the beginning I threw his body in there and faked my death because. I had back when Ocelot first showed up. I had to seal my the the whole thing in a classified file until I was dead. Wow! And, and then when re- I was did dead, he really give it an got unreleased. Yes, chop, yes, bro. Out of my face. I was like, ah, jeez, man. Not the time yeah. or the place, my guy. Yeah, but I mean, it's it's kind of fair because no, it was absolutely the time or place because this nigga showed up out of nowhere, bro. You have to. They could not. They could not let it slide for five seconds. I'm not accepting seconds. this rescue unless you explain yourself. Not at all, my nigga. <laughs> bro, we fucking. I we, will die if you do not explain yourself right you feel, now, nigga. We buried you. We fucking went across the world to avenge you and shit. I cried at your funeral. You, feel, well, you can't. I just wrote in show my up. diary. I felt terrible when he died. In the heroic moment in a chopper out of nowhere and not have an explanation. But yeah, that was Expendables. It was a very like five point five, very okay movie. Like oh, I don't know. It, I mean, I, half I, of the, you said half the movie had the action that was necessary. The second so that's half, five point five. It mm-hmm. definitely picked the the second half of the movie definitely picked up. Like I said, once um uh, uh Tony Jaw's character started fighting, like shit was crazy. It was really funny in in that movie. I was just like, so the Expendables team gets kidnapped because um. Statham's character is blamed for Stallone's death, so they were like, yo, you disobeyed orders, you're off the team, we're gonna get these dudes without you type shit, so he's out away from, so he's out and away from the team, but the team Even ends up getting kidnapped, well, on the team. so he's gotta team up with Tony Ja to get back to him, and then when he ends up rescuing them, they're all like, he... Oh, you should have been. Uh, oh, you should have been glad I came to rescue you, type shit. And they have the the goofy ass back and forth between each other. But I was thinking the whole time I was just like, Yo, this nigga's just murking everybody on the ship. You didn't even need the rest of that team. What the fuck do you need them niggas for? You kill like they they they, they Halo jumped in all SEAL Team Six and the Expendables team they minus from the, the upper atmosphere onto a fucking onto an air, bro. I'm telling you, yo, my guy, I'm like, yo, the wind alone. And what's really funny is they had the lightest touchdown when they got on that shit. I was like, yo, that you would have been yanked they, the fuck off second. by winds, They jumped bro. from the upper atmosphere. <laughs> yep. Okay. Yep. Okay, no, that, that's, that's, that's on par. That's on par. That's apropos. Into My the bad. ocean, onto an aircraft carrier. I was like, all right, bro. But hey, I knew what I signed up for, okay? Listen. You know what I mean? Like, Dolph Lundgren is fighting people with an axe called a trauma hawk. I knew what I signed up for. You know Absolutely. What I mean? That actually sounds dope. It was pretty cool. I'm not going to lie. Like, hold on, hold on. That sounds dope. <laughs> yeah, shit. I, but I didn't even know that's what he called it. But, like, um, after Statham rescued him, Dolph Lundgren was like, did you like my trauma hawk? He's like, yeah, it's kind of grown on me. Was like, yeah. yeah, I can see that. 
But yeah, overall, it was a very average movie. It didn't have as much action as I would have wanted, especially definitely not as much as the first three. It definitely feels like they lost the magic, but it had some good points. The the fights towards the like the last forty percent of the movie that was that was more what I came for, but still had the ridiculous death fake out and the surprise. I'm still alive, bitches. Yeah, you know, honestly, that's that's kind of par for the course. I think right now. Mm-hmm. I think so too. Unfortunately. Unfortunately, yeah. If it's an action it's movie and that's all I'm here for, I'll take a five out of five point five any day of the week. Yeah, I mean, when I cannot speak enough about Tony Jaw fucking niggas up, you know what I'm saying? When that's they, three when, points when, right there. When they finally let him off his leash, she was just like, "Yo, uh, I think his name was like the Shack or something like that. D e s h a c d e s h a c or something like that. I don't remember. Something to that effect. And uh, Statham goes looking for him, and he was like, yo, Deshaq ain't here no more. You know what I'm saying? He, he's gone. And he was just like, yeah, all right, well, I'm going to need his boat so you you, you you and Deshaq can do what you do. And then when he finds out that um, he's actually ready to stole Stallone's character, that's when he um, agrees to ferry him to where the rest of his friends are. But I th- he was just like, yo, once you kill a man once, you lose a part of yourself. And I just killed over and over again. And I had to stop and put that part of myself away. Otherwise, I'll never, uh, I'll, otherwise I'll never be able to put it back. And so in the beginning, he was like, yeah, all, all I can do is just bring you to the boat. I can't help you fight. And I was like, for real? For real? Y'all going to have Tony John in the movie and he's, he's going like, to be a pacifist now? A continuation on Buck because he, at the end yeah. of Buck, he became a pacifist. Yeah, and I was just like, ah, oh, that's so whack. But whatever, I respect your choice. And, you know, like that's character growth. I'm not going to hate on character development. I don't like it, but I understand where that character's come from. Psych nigga five minutes later is cutting niggas throats. It's like he's a method actor that carries his character from movie to movie. <laughs> and he's never going to break character, bro. And his, this was a perfect evolution for his character because now he can go back into fighting movies because... His character's evolved. Yep. He's like, nah, I can't let... What do you say? I can't let a friend of Barney's die or some shit like that? It would be disrespectful of me to let a friend of Barney's die. So, yeah, I'm going to kill Barney. these niggas for you. Barney. I'm going to bring out the murderer that I put the cage on. I'm going I'm to I'm I'm release Listen, whatever pushes the, the plot forward, bro. I mean, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, whatever gets Tony to, 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 to kicking and cutting people, definitely. Because... It was, it was one of those. It was stabbing niggas in the neck. Yeah, he had um. Fuck, I forget what the 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 knife he had called, but he had like a um, like the South Asian Asian knife, not is the karambit. Is it curved forward, or is it curved backwards? Forward. Forward. Yeah, it's like a <coughs> karang or something. I think that is it. Yeah, a karang. And yeah. and he was fucking. Yeah, so he used his normal style where it's he's kicking niggas in the kukri, face. It's similar to a kukri, but smaller. Yes, it's actually a kukri. Oh, it's a kukri is what it is. And, um... Uh, yeah, uh, Karang uh, is just a hand-small version of a kukri, so it's very similar, yeah. Yeah, and he was fucking niggas up with that shit. Yeah, kukri's... Yo, you know, the homeboy, shout-out to the homeboy, uh, Three Finger Bandit, Bandit, Josh Shakers, that's my dog. He was a big fan of the kukri. Hey man, that's a dope ass weapon. He had he had a survival kukri back in high school, and he was like, "I wish a nigga would." <laughs> he didn't use those Always words. Ready. He can't say that, but yeah. Always ready. Nah, he definitely uh, was a master of the kukri arts. But anyway, yeah, go ahead. <laughs> but that was it, man. That that, that I think I, I like I covered it. You know what I mean? If you if okay, you, there's some cool shit. There's some boring shit. Overall, at five and a half, barely, barely, barely crossed the line and. 
Hey, but you gotta if you cross the line, that's all that matters, right? Yeah. All righty. So, uh, what was the next one on the docket? The next one was uh, trans. I'm sorry. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles: Mutant Mayhem. (laughs) Teenage Mutant Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Mutant Mayhem. Mutant Mayhem. Yeah, it's, it's the new joint that just, the new animated joint that just came out, and I really, really like that movie. So, which animated style is this? Which... It is, I have no idea what to call it. It is something that I've not, well, is not it one, quite is it, familiar is it with. Is it one of their universes that are already established, or is this No. No, this seems to be its own thing that they just uh, uh, came Another up universe with. reboot? Yeah. So um, it still looks like it still follows the same um, it's still the same turtles, which we call it universe, and and I think everybody's still the same as they were. It's just restarting the story with the turtles as like fifteen yeah. year olds, and I I, I really enjoyed it, is, man. That, is that when we we yeah that's when we 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 saw them at the beginning of the original storyline. I do believe so. They're always named Teenage Mutant Ninja Teenage. Turtles, and 15, I'm not sure right. what exactly they are. It's just in this one, it's specifically 15 years, so that's why I said that. From so it opens with um, what's his name? Baxter, uh, uh, mm-hmm. uh um, who's the guy who creates the ooze that forms the turtles, and then he gets raided by this big corporal lady, and he was before he dies, he's played. Beautifully by fucking um, Giancarlo Esposito. And he's elucidating to his little uh, 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 fly that he made that, you know, we ain't never been accepted by nobody, but it's all good. You know what I'm saying? I created this ooze and I'm going to create a family of all of you. And you know what I'm saying? We're always going to be together and then never going to take it apart. Dead. Take it so far. Yeah, it, it, in comes the fucking corporal lady who's just like, nah, give me that ooze. Take everything you can from the lab, whatever, whatever. And so when the give goons... Give me that ooze, yeah. <laughs> when, the, <laughs> when the goons run in and um, shake down his lab, they ended up killing the professor and his work was destroyed. But before that could happen, the fly pretty much turned the tables on all the bad guys and he was able to escape with um, some of the, the vials. But one of the ooze, violet ooze, drops into the, the sewers. Sure, yeah. And that, of course, creates the turtles that we all know and love, as well as Master Splinter, who in this one is um, a, a voice by Jackie Chan. And oh, oh, it's reboot in the sense that they sort of removed the, they changed the origin slightly. So it, he's not Master Splinter. He's, they learned ninjutsu from watching like 80s fucking workout tapes and kung fu movies. Nice. And that's how they learned to become ninjas. So Splinter is just a rat from New York. And the turtles are just turtles from New York. But one time when Splinter foolishly took them out because the turtles were always enamored with the human world and the lights and shit when they were little toddler turtles... Splinter took them out into the real world. And of course, people were like, oh shit, it's a giant fucking mutant rat. And they chased him back into the sewers. So Splinter's developed this aversion to humans, and he's been telling the kids the whole time, like, yo, humans are dangerous. They hate us. If they catch you, they're going to put you in the lab, and they're going to milk you. And that's that's a running joke that they're going to have throughout the movie. I mean, he's not wrong. Absolutely not wrong. Like, you know what I'm saying? But, you know, teenagers, and, you know, it's one of those things with young people. If you haven't lived the, the 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 life that people are telling you sometimes it doesn't really matter how bad the things they're telling you sound because you've never experienced and then some it. Some fine ass redhead named April comes and talks to you. <laughs> you have it's no a ground. rat, bro. Teenagers, yeah. Bro. 
And I wonder, <coughs> has anyone ever addressed that, like, April O'Neil was about around a bunch of fucking horny teenage turtles, and they were all probably trying to lay it down? I mean, anyone is who? The the, the community addressed it all the time. Oh, okay. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? The community addressed it all the time, but... That, 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 I think that's why they had to write Casey Jones in there as a love interest, like, nah, 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 nah. We cannot insinuate these turtles are fucking April no more, dog. The community <laughs> is wild with the fucking fan art, bro. The Not even fan art. Wild they, with they, the fan like, art. I, I guess you haven't seen that video of them, of the live, promoting the live-action Turtles movie, and they're, like, on a TV show, and they're talking about wanting to hook up with um, April. Oh shit, that's terrible. That is, yeah, it's a bro. The nineties were a different time and place, man. It, bro, it was the insinuations <laughs> are out of fucking control. Mutant turtles. It's not even an insinuation. He's straight up like, yeah, girl, yeah. Is it because she's a redhead? She gets no respect. Like, yeah, yeah, throw her to the fucking turtles. Like, what the fuck? Like, nah, damn. It's just the nineties and anthropomorphic animals were a thing. That's really all it is. And they just it was the nineties and bestiality was a thing, dog. No. I definitely wouldn't say that, but I would say they just didn't bother. That was before. No, you know was squared the circle. There was yeah, that was that was before like, people mm. really nitpick uh, um, everything. You know what I'm saying? That was before there was an entire infrastructure Stop dedicated too hard, nerd. to pretty much. So they would just be like, "Bro, this shit is for kids to sell toys." Like, yes, you can insinuate all that shit, but we don't give a fuck. This is about selling toys. And, and then they put out the scene, and it's like, "Yo, yo, why are y'all playing though? Y'all are really pushing that idea hard." Yeah, yeah. But the nah, 90s... he just said he just said he liked her. He didn't say we're gonna fuck her. What is wrong with you? Like, the wait, 90s what? was like that though. You know what I mean? Like we had no t- the TV had no chill back in the 90s. That's just how Big it was. Facts. You know what I'm saying? That's just how it is. It was a different time. Not the same sensibilities. But in this one, um, uh, uh, April is this uh black girl who's in high school, and she really wants to be a journalist. But the first time she went to do like her school. Um, uh, an announcement thing. She threw she's up. Age appropriate now. Yeah, she threw up. Um, um, uh, uh, all over the fucking production, and so they call her puke girl in school. Damn. So her thing is now she's really just trying she to. She have vomitkinesis. Nah, nah. Not gonna be the same kind of origin story, I guess. Nah. Um. So she's just trying to essentially. Yo, she threw up and killed them all, bro. It was sick. <laughs> It was, both her and the turtles have the same struggle where they're both trying to get people to like them. Mm. So the turtles want to be accepted by humans. April wants to be accepted by her classmates and her peers. And so they run into this issue where, and the big homie Superfly at this time has also started to rob the corpo lady, started like infiltrating, um, excuse me, both, uh, 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 intercepting her her shipments as well as just robbing her facilities and he's building like, I would just something be killing her homies for the funsies <laughs> right if i was that nigga i'd just be killing her like nah bitch it's, but, it's on site for you and all the homies ops nigga see but man superfly he he's thinking a few steps ahead of that right he could individually kill one of them but man superfly has got a bigger plan to take I, care of that I, plan I, to take care of that problem a little more permanently so basically the 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 turtles and April come up with the idea. Well, like if you stop, um, Superfly, you oh that's what it was. They accidentally meet April when they were just goofing off on a building, and they end up throwing a, a ninja star in her helmet. And while she was yelling at them, this dude stole her bike. Yeah. So, um, they were like, "Yo, it's our fault. Her bike stolen, so we gotta get her bike back." So when 
they got the bike back and she met them, that's when they, she started to have the interaction. She found out they were mutant turtles and they started to square that circle. And she was just like, the only reason, you guys so are fucking weird. how long does it weird. take you to warm up to the Ninja Turtles? Right away. I mean, it's Ninja Turtles. What do you mean? Like me or yeah, like? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, for you, like just on a rando, like if you were out going to the bus and like you seen some shit going down, you're like, what the fuck is that? And it was like, oh shit, Ninja Turtles. And they were like, and they see you and they approach you. How long does it take for you to be like, I don't think it's not. I mean, that honestly depends entirely <laughs> on your. I don't know if I'm ready for Ninja Turtles yet. It depends entirely on your disposition, really. I'm. No, that, I'm just talking about personal. Yeah, yeah. I yeah, yeah. It, 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 like, I'm not going to freak out because that's. I'm not really wired that way. But I would start thinking over logically. And if they had a normal disposition, then I wouldn't freak out. But I'd have to see if it's a costume first. Like, nah, is this some real gangster prosthetics? Because niggas is good with that makeup shit. <laughs> right. But, you know, it, I, it all if depends. If I determine this is real turtle show, shit. <laughs> but, like, e- either way, as long as they weren't presenting as hostile, I, I don't think I'd trip too much. But um, It would be interesting. Like, damn, dog, I'm not going to get salmonella or nothing, right? Like, I don't know, bro. Like, I got a kid. I got to think about shit. <laughs> Yo, that's funny. Yeah, there's this sort of a scene similar to that, that, that very scene when April meets them. Um... Uh, and she's just uh, she's like touching their faces. And she initially thinks it's a costume, and she touches their face. She's like, oh, oh, yeah, my, no. okay, oh my god, it's awesome. your skin. This is your skin. Oh no, this is gross. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I I do love when I have the same reaction oh, as the character. Shit. That's an immediate point of like yeah, connection. She's like, right yo, there. wait, what the fuck? She was like, that's, oh, that's, no, that's what I would costume. do. I'd be like, oh, this is a dope ass costume. My G, can I can I just touch the texture of the? Oh. Yeah, and then she was like, oh, no. Oh, no, this is terrible. You know, and you know, black people, like, we don't want to touch your skin. Like, if it's a costume, that's one thing. Like, right. someone's clothes is 100%. one thing. 100%. Touching your skin is a whole nother thing that's altogether, exactly my exactly how guy. she reacted. She yeah. was, at first, she was like, oh, thanks, you guys. She was, that's what she was, you got my bike back. There's no need for you to hide. As far as I'm concerned, we're square. Yeah, the costumes aren't necessary anymore. Yeah, you know, she was, as far as I'm concerned, we're square. And then they were, like, whispering and shit, like, yo, is it okay? Do we come out? What do we do? And she's like, yo, guys, the longer you stay there whispering in the shadows, the more sus you seem. And they're like, yo, oh, my, oh God, we stop. We look sus. Do we look sus? It's, I really, really like the chemistry between the four turtles. It really feels like they're actual teenagers. This might be one of the first time they've ever felt like actual teenagers. They always felt a little bit too mature. Dude, did you ever fucking see the Michael Bay one? Uh, yes, bur- I did. Yo, I did. Those turtles, bro, they were way too burly to come they up were as teen or teenagers. Fucking huge. Bro, what was that? I was like, super emphasis on the mutant T-M-N-T. part. TMNT. <laughs> Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Yes, and those all those letters except for mutant are lowercase. ish. You know what okay. I'm saying? But yeah, so I'm glad to see that they hit that at very least. Yeah, I mean that's that perks of animation is you get to really do that as you like, you know. And I I thought it was really great. The chemistry between the brothers was fucking awesome. Jackie that's Chan dope. as the dad was super cool. Fucking Ice Cube as Superfly was really dope, and he had. I mean, a re- thematically that fits. Right. Ice Cube, Superfly. It, it was really but good. But TMNT is like oh, okay, okay. Really good. But you know what? Honestly, not for nothing. Ice T is actually a really good voice actor. He's been in a oh, wide yeah. range. Of Ice things. Cube. I'm sorry. Did I say T? I, I might have heard Ice it wrong. Cube. My bad. If it's Ice Cube, nonetheless, Ice Cube is also a very good. Yeah, uh, he voice smashed actor it in this movie. He did a really good job. But yeah, 
It's I, I'm so glad that their that their uh, careers overlap as much as they do because the amount of times <laughs> that I confu- like I mix up Ice T and Ice Cube is like damn. At least the the comment is still relevant because they're always in the same glass. Oh, that's funny, but yeah, um, that's dope. Okay, so so overall. Did you notice any major deviations from the storyline? Ooh, I do not know Turtles that well. You know, uh, okay. I've, I've never, like, followed, like, any sort of Turtles continuity. I just saw, like, the cartoon ones that came on on the on a Saturday morning Fox, whatever, whatever, Fox block. So and the, there's so many reboots. Yes, I guess it there's so many really different matter. iterations of it. Um, because the only two that I hold deep knowledge of, or I should say three, because honestly, the there's an... Um, a more recent graphic novel called The Ronin that dropped. Yeah, that I was, heard about that one. Bro, if you're if you're in a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles vibe, check it out. That shit is serious. Raphael, Raphael, I when I was younger and I was first getting into Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, definitely, you know, everyone loves Michelangelo. You know, party loving. I don't know. Raph is always my favorite. Yo. Always. Growing up, Raphael grew on me so much and this fucking graphic novel makes Raphael to like and and it's funny because it's it's a separate canon I believe but it draws on some of the thematic elements from the live action movie where Raphael gets um gets captured uh in the 90s live action joint um mm-hmm. Raphael gets captured and the other turtles got to go get him and they go into like a deep depression and in the Ronin the three other turtles get get captured, and it's Raph that has to go avenge them. My guy, <laughs> it's the wrong answer, bruh. It's the wrong oh, answer. He gets all of his brother's weapons, bro. Yo, Super Turtle, bro. My G. Anyway, so Ronan's really dope. Check that out if um you're into the into the vibe. But yeah, um, so this it doesn't. So you you didn't notice too many deviations from the um. OG storylines, which is no. Like, other the, than of course the April O'Neil storyline, her being their age, um, seems like they kept pretty true to the store uh, to the uh, turtles origin story. Yeah, it's it's still pretty much the same thing. Ooze leaks into the oh, and Baxter into story. the um. They keep he, up because the the fly takes on the name Baxter, right? No, nah, the Baxter oh, okay. was the the guy that created. That was in the name the sh- of his dad. In the cartoon, I, I the fly also takes on the name Baxter because yes, it is the same, but the scientist doesn't show back up. The fly takes on his name, and he, that character goes on in the cartoon. Yeah, and um, Baxter Stockman—that's his name. Yeah. Um, yeah, and, and this one—it's—it's it's pretty much just the turtle's origin, except you know, it's just specifically grounded. I guess I don't know. It's just—is there any shredder and foot soldiers? No, there's no no oh, shredder yet. Okay, that's a pretty that, that's a pretty core element that I guess they're hopefully holding in the pocket because. Yeah, I mean, you gotta you can, have Shredder. You can bring Shredder at any point, right? Yeah. I don't really think he's core to the origin of the Ninja Turtles, and this is well, that's pretty much. He was the, the one who attacked Baxter's lab in the origin, right? But you know, he they changed that. Obviously. W- yeah, I, I think I mentioned earlier that like they took out all of the ninja stuff that yeah. was which Shredder would have been yeah. like directly True. tied to. That's why mm-hmm. Splinter is just now. No longer Master Splinter, he's just Splinter. Yeah, we, okay, and they changed that. That's yeah, the so they, they it's it doesn't have to, the martial arts background is specifically, or like the specifically ninja foot hand background is what was taken out of, out That's of it. right, because Master Splinter actually was taken by Shredder. That's where he learned ninjutsu, and then he escaped into the sewers. Mm-hmm. And, and then taught it to the turtles, the turtles. yeah. 
So that's, that's right in the original, mm-hmm. not in this. Yeah. So that that's the aspect that was taken out of this gotcha. one, and it's pretty okay. much just like it, does it fit better? Do you like how it fits? With it makes Master a whole Splinter? lot more sense. Gotcha. I mean, not really because you can't I mean, learn martial yeah, arts from sense, watching. Uh, uh, kung fu movies and yeah. shit, but it, I feel like it, it's more grounded in a singular location. If that's the case, then we should be able to do anime fucking <laughs> shit. But that's definitely not the case. It's funny, but also who knows, right? Who knows what the fuck that ooze does? It, it that's did. True too. It did in fact turn a bunch of turtles into like it tur- I mean, it, it involved into their bipeds. brain to be able to have like a frontal cortex yep, and everything, speech so and all that. So yeah, they can so. Have a whole it is possible effects. that they can learn just by watching, so very maybe true. it does make sense. Very true. Very but true. overall, it, it was really good. A and not very... for nothing, we didn't live in a sewer. True. That's not what, you know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I, I guess if I had literally nothing else to do yeah, yeah. other than that and eat poop, <laughs> i definitely choose to watch martial arts. This movies. is true. You got a lot of time to train when you're fucking ostracized from society. Yes. So uh, <laughs> that's funny, but um, yeah. So it does make more sense, essentially. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it's and I especially the the villain Superfly, his motivations and everything, and how they tie it back around. It's uh, I thought that was really really well done. Um, the voice cast is fucking superb. Uh, the the young guys who they got to play the four turtles. I've never I'm not familiar with any of them, but I thought they were fucking amazing. Their 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 chemistry was. It's fucking spot on. That's why I said. Do they sound like teenagers? Do you think yeah, they're, they're all kids. They are. They're all, they're all teenagers. They're. Right. They're. Um. Well, that's that's. I think that's the core. Like, who's gonna have more chemistry than three than four teenagers acting like teenagers? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Yes, adults are good actors and they're skilled and they might have the good memories and all that stuff, but nothing's gonna sound as good as four actual teenagers acting like teenagers around each other. But yeah, sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, the, the the voice cast is super duper good. Um, fucking uh, Paul Rudd as Mondo Gecko is hilarious. Nice, Mondo Gecko's in. Okay, um, that's another character. Uh, 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 I believe uh, uh, Cena is Rocksteady and um, oh, Seth Rogen is Bebop. Nice. Um, <laughs> okay, see, I was asking if there was other characters. I. Yeah. Um. Uh, Hannibal Burris plays Genghis Frog. Oh, no. oh, they got a whole cast, they got a, bro. They that's got a, a ton of extras. Yeah, there's a lot of mutants. That that's these are oh, all the mutants in the mutants awesome. mayhem of the title of the movie. Yeah, uh, <laughs> thank you, because the turtles could be mayhem, but it could also be a a bunch right, of a right, menagerie yeah, of mutants yeah. in the mayhem. Okay, mm-hmm, that's yeah. dope. Okay, I'm very much more excited now. That's yeah, I want to take Kendrick to go see it. That's the only reason why. Oh no, 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 or, it's out of theaters. It's, yes. it's, it's out of theaters. So. Uh, well, I'm not. I'm sorry. I'm not going to take him to go see it. I'm going to stream it. Yeah, 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 definitely. I definitely recommend it. It's a great movie. I enjoyed it quite a bit. Dope, dope, dope. Okay, so that's what's up. So, um, we'll definitely get into um Gen V and uh and Loki next uh, episode. Um, the Marvels is coming up. You know, hopefully, uh, that uh, I get to see that not too long after it debuts. Um, that's coming out early November, so that's a couple of weeks out. Um, I'm going to try to watch The Creator. If you could get a hold of that, try to check that out. That's John Washington's joint. Yeah, I'm familiar with that one, with the AI. Yes. Um, are, were you intending on trying to stream it at any point? Uh, at some point. Okay, yeah. The, um, that's one that I want to try to check out sooner than later uh, and, and, and talk about because 
I it got really good reviews. I'm a fan of John Washington, and the subject matter is right up my alley. So definitely excited for that one. Um, but yeah, uh, that's all on the up and coming. So definitely looking forward to Gen V and Loki on the next episode because those have been fucking delivering, bro. Delivering in spades, man. Um, you know, I really appreciate that Loki's giving me that that Marvel storyline uh pro- progress that I've been, you know, needing a fix of lately and 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 leading into the Marvels. Very much excited to see where Loki ends up. Um, but yeah, that's what's up. All right, so here, let's go ahead and jump into topics cuz we got tons of news um left over from uh from last weekend, so let's go ahead and get into it. And so, yeah, in the entertainment news, um, there's been some stuff going on. You know, we haven't talked about D&D in a while and, you know, and Magic the Gathering and Wizards of the Coast uh, once again is making moves. Now, I think that uh, the most recent news out of Wizards of the Coast and Hasbro Entertainment is probably closer to what they should have done in the beginning rather than try to co-opt content creators uh material is what they're doing is is they're bringing in house all distribution of their books uh for D&D and the cards for Magic the Gathering. So they are taking out the middleman distributors and distributing directly from their main uh source which Hasbro's got that. They've been distributing toys around the world for decades. So, honestly, this is probably where they should have started at the cost-saving measures rather than trying to co-op the value that was created by people on the ground. Um, Now, not for nothing, this does create an environment where uh, Wizards of the Coast and Hasbro as a larger corporation has more control over the pricing and uh, accessibility of their products. But at very least, that's well within their right. You know what I mean? And so, Wizards of the Coast bringing the distribution of Magic the Gathering and Dungeons & Dragons in-house, it probably is going to herald massive changes in the market that are more geared towards the high-spending consumer rather than the average consumer. But in the environment that they are in, I would rather them stop marketing to the average consumer and only market those products to consumers that can afford it. You know what I mean? And then keep producing whatever products keep their general user base happy then them try to co-opt the creative content of people who are working on the side you know what i mean like at least them bringing things uh in-house in terms of distribution and then setting their price margins off of the direct msrp of their their items i'm more willing to accept them doing that than saying, well, if you, as a independent creator, make something, you now owe us that content. You know what I mean? Like, so there's going to be some massive changes in D&D and, and uh, 
and Magic the Gathering. I think that what they're going to do is they're going to move the actual physical production to, uh, towards collectors and collectors' items. So they're going to stop producing as many consumer items and just make high-end expensive collector's items. Um, so like Dungeon Master's Guides for D&D, uh, Player's Handbooks for D&D. The PDFs will be probably available online at very reasonable prices. But if you want a physical copy of that shit, it's pretty much collector's editions and up in terms of pricing because that's the only thing they make money on. You know, because if they have to charge you $80 for a regular 342-page book, I, I'm not sure what the um correlation numbers are in terms of, like, what the page counts for the books have to be, but it's, like, 340-something, or I think is close to, to what it's supposed to be for the larger books, you know, the, the core set books. If they have to charge you $80 to produce a regular one, or they can just sell special edition ones at $100 for a similar production cost as the one they're selling to you for $80, similar design costs. What's the sense in selling the $80 one? You know what I mean? And honestly, I can't blame them for those kind of sales uh, 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 decisions. Um, as long as the PDFs are available online for relatively cheap, you know what I mean? Like, because honestly, the, first of all, the monetization off of digital files is infinite. <laughs> you know what I mean? So it's just like, there's no additional production costs for creating an infinite amount of that item that is sellable at the same rate. So selling those same core books at even a $15 rate given the distribution of those books would be, you know, a huge boon. Whereas, you know, used to, I mean, back in my day when I was buying books heavy in 3.5, it was what, I think $45 a book. I mean, we would have killed for a $15 resource to have all the same information. Not that we would have killed, but, you know, we would have killed inside of Room for it, that's for sure, you know? <laughs> Niggas have died in Faerun for way less. Way less than a $15 <laughs> fucking manuscript, you know what I mean? So, yeah, uh, I feel like that's the way they're going to go. And they've already changed the booster draft um, format or the the way that they print booster packs has already changed in such a way that it really conflicts with the original um spirit of drafting and limited formats um whereas used to have a large amount of commons printed in the packs and uncommons which created a stability for the base and then you would have your bomb rares or your bomb mythics that would appear occasionally in drafts but with the increased rare count being printed in packs it creates a huge amount of instability because of the huge differential in power between rares. And so, it, it, you know, they've kind of collapsed the rare, I mean, the uh, limited format, the draft limited format with their new uh, booster uh, draft structure, which I think they call a set booster packs or set packs, or I'm not sure what the terminology is, but because they've done that, and already 
the way that they have designed most of the sets have really ruined the standard format and the vintage format was ruined by reprints of cards that they promised that they'd never print before. They've pretty much killed every market but EDH, which is a collector's format because you only need one of each card and you need 100 cards to fill your deck. So if you only need one of each card, each of those cards, you're going to try to get the most fancy, most rare, most flossy version of that card. And so it's more of a collector's format. Whereas before, you just want to get a play set, whatever it is to play in standard of the best cards for your deck type of thing. You know, so Magic has very much, I think, or I think Hasbro and WotC has very much geared Magic towards the, a primarily EDH format, which they used to be a standard format. Then they became a tournament uh, format. Then they became an extended slash vintage format. Then they went to limited draft format. I guess it's the, you know, it's the natural evolution of the game, given the formats that have popped up in popularity. But one of the side things that have been um, kind of left by the wayside is your local game store that used to do great off of Friday Night Magic. But Watsi has just announced that they're no longer supporting the judge program. So where are you going to get judges for Friday Night Magic if they have no place to be certified? You know, once again, all this does is pigeonhole people into either participating in the collector format or the online format. Because, you know, online, you don't have to worry about your local game store or a judge or anything or your collection for that matter. You can get it all in that interface. And so it's very clear the business moves that Wizards of the Coast is making with this. They're clearly supporting general play formats in the online space and for the physical space to be dominated by either collectors when it comes to pushing the EDH format in Magic or even in terms of the printed material because I think... The numbers, I don't remember the numbers, so don't quote me, but I think it was like 90% of the D&D products are purchased by Dungeon Masters. So once again, you come to a place where it's like, all right, well, then this is market to the Dungeon Masters. And Dungeon Masters will typically buy very nice, rare versions of the books that they like because they plan on using them for years to come. And then even after they're done using them, they'll store them and have them as memorabilia you know this collector so you know it's i think that's where that that industry is going and not that anybody in particular is 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 super keen to following the industry trends of magic the gathering and and trading card games and tabletop um rpgs but i point these out not that those you know i prefer not to to utilize the mainstream formats of either of those but they are the industry standard. And so they're going to direct very heavily either A, where the industry goes, or B, the spaces that open up for indies to develop in. And so, you know, developers like Paizo and stuff like that will make great supplements to to fill the gap, you know what I mean, um, for more ground-level uh, playgroups who want every, you know, people who like to own physicals and stuff like that. 
you know, that gap will open up and it'll be filled by, you know, smaller publishers. But um, got to be aware of it. You know what I mean? Because if you're not, if we don't start to patronize them, then they're just going to go out of business and then we're going to lose access to that form of tabletop gaming altogether. Because I, I guarantee you that uh, Hasbro is not interested in fostering that form of gameplay because they don't make money off of it. You get massive amounts of entertainment, but they get no money off of it. And so they're going to move towards a format in which they can monetize to some degree. So they're going to, if you like that, then you just learn to play online and that's the only option they'll give you. And they'll, they, they will do their best to squelch any competition. And so it's entirely up to the consumer to, to, you know, purchase and, and, and support companies that, that, uh, you know, um, fill the niches that are left open by corporate um, decisions and policies. And so, yeah, I thought that was real interesting, um, their decision to bring everything in-house. That's a huge decision, you know, cause, and, and, and that has a huge knock-on effect in secondary markets because a lot of those things resell. And tightening up distribution means that the resale market is going to fall down. And not to mention, you know, these companies buy their own stocks back. So there's nothing that says they won't buy their own product off the street to make sure that they can increase engagement with their new product. That's a thing. And there's nothing, you know, there's nothing that stops them from doing that. It's not violating any terms of business. So, you know, <clears throat> be aware, you know, that those are the kind of things that are going to be happening. Um, and that's only if you partake in, in Hasbro products like that. Um, but yeah, that that was a pretty big one. That shook up the 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 um the collectible trading and uh, trading card and tabletop industry uh, when that announcement was made. But uh, moving on from that, dude, did you hear this shit? Netflix <laughs> wants to invest heavily in starting small Disneyland type theme parks for their IPs. Now, you, I don't know if you remember a little while back, um, I was talking about how like Disney was moving funds from investing in Disney Entertainment into Disney Parks. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> that was just a rumor, but seeing the movement of other companies to do this makes me feel like that, that sounds like something that they might have caught wind of early, that we'll never actually have like the background story to but they have a reason why they're moving away from those kind of things to physical when when that's absolutely not been the general trend the general trend is to get away from physical storefronts get away from physical merch do as much digital as possible and disney who's I, would you say that that the distribution of their media has moved to be at least 50-50, if not slightly skewed towards digital. I think the vast majority of their media is distributed digitally this, these days. Yep. And so, given that, the idea that Netflix and Disney are both now signaling to investors that they want to move toward back towards physicals sounds really in, like... 
I'm interested to see see where that goes, especially with a company like like Netflix, where their IPs what merch, like are they gonna sell like anime merch? Because that's kind of dope, actually. I mean, but can you? I was support? watching a promotion for uh um uh, the new One Piece live action, and in it, the voice actress for Luffy in Japanese literally pitched the idea for a One Piece world. Theme park that should exist all over the place, and I was like, "Yo, Mayumi Tanaka spitting right now. That's such a good idea." No, no, it's possible. And depending, I mean, depending on the IP, like you said, with, if they're trying to do physicals and they have already worked positively with someone like Oda, I feel like that's not fucking crazy. Yeah, with the right IPs, they could work. All you need is just a one, some exciting yo, guy, rides. I would go check out a One Piece fucking theme park. Oh, it would be lit for show. For show. It doesn't matter what they do. There's so many ridiculous things. A fucking knock-up stream uh, uh, ride would be wild. And because of the cartoony nature of it, it feels like it would kind of be like all ages. Like you could bring kids to it. They'd enjoy it. Or those. Mm-hmm. Man, if that's what this is leading to, bro... I was going to come in and shit on this idea, but now you're making me fucking think of twice about it. Like, mm, I mean, it cook. all depends. Maybe on, they cooking, though. I mean, look at uh, uh, what fucking Bush Gardens and all that shit. They've been thriving. Well, I don't know about thriving <laughs> until the Santa's. No, days. yeah, no. Uh, well, <laughs> theme parks post COVID have been thriving. Yes. Yeah. You know what I mean? So mm. with a couple of caveats, there's you know what I mean? Theme parks post COVID. But yeah. Um, and people just like theme parks in general. I, I, I feel like if your theme park isn't shit, you're going to get people. Absolutely, there. bro. Because let me tell you, like I, I've always enjoyed every theme park that I've gone to. I've never had like a trash experience, and I've been rained on in a theme park. Mm-hmm. Still, man, spent you know, long ass time in lines. Yeah, fucking forever to get there, forever still, to get back. All still of still have a good fucking time. Mm-hmm. And so, I want to say that all the signals are saying that this is a dumb idea. But maybe I'm wrong like the PlayStation Portable. You know what I mean? Like, may- maybe the market research does speak louder than my initial. Because the thing is, is like, I'm like, that's a stupid idea. I sure as hell go, though. It's like, well, then maybe it's not a fucking stupid idea. You know, like, it just sounds crazy. Is it just me? Does it not sound crazy? No, like uh, like I said, it really depends when, on when the IP. From Netflix. When you hear like, oh, a Netflix theme park. That doesn't initially land, nah, but when you dude. think about it, yeah, yeah, like it makes a lot more sense. Like a Black Mirror, if you can somehow distill Black Mirror into a ride, my nigga, say less. You feel me? Like they could definitely find like, some way. To there are lots of really good, ne- and it also kind of makes sense from Netflix because Netflix has been a famously a company that doesn't really make money since its inception. So if this is another way for them to literally just get people giving them that's the thing, extra like, money without so much investment. Th- you they know don't have I mean? to invest so much to make that money. It's like, but y'all already invested. But if you so do much. it right, the money is guaranteed to come back to you. Yes, it is. It is a relative. But that's I think. Granted, no, we don't have another public health crisis or anything stupid that locks people down. Yes, that could be a very consistent income stream. More but so I, than Netflix. I, I probably. think the ultimate caveat, though, is with the right IPs, like on. Netflix has a big ass catalog, so it's easy to swing and a miss. But they could, e- I can see them picking ten Their solid IPs. So wide. Yeah, exactly. Because you have things like One Piece where we're like, yo, 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 that'd be perfect. But then like they got seen like what, what, uh, um, what's the one where they where they're murdering children? Like I don't know if that like that's not an IP that you're gonna. <laughs> Which one is that one? Um, 
Uh, you know what? It's, it's the one. Where, it's the, the one where. I, it's the one. The last one where I was like, I need to take a break from Netflix. I was like, it was a father confessing to murdering his wife and kids on camera and like talking nonchalantly about it. And I was just like, that was a little bit too much. I, I don't know if you remember. It was a couple of years back, I think, at this point. But um, it was, it was the last time I needed to take a break from Netflix. I was like, mm-hmm, y'all mm-hmm. got to stop with that. You know what I mean? <laughs> so that's just to say they have a very wide range of yeah. of, uh, of IPs, uh, many of which I probably wouldn't hit. But like, if they had a Castlevania merch store, now, a one-piece uh, uh, theme park ride, um, you know what I mean? Like, the problem with that is, though, they do, I think if they really want to make profit off it, they want to limit the major IPs they don't own as much as possible because you don't want to be repaying oh, okay. rights on that shit. How do you bring the shit. niggas in, though? But like you're I, right. You're like right I said, for, for licensing I, I think a Black Mirror one would be really, really good. Okay, okay. You know Maybe what I'm saying? Ride. No, just... I, I can see different like <laughs> types was, of rides, but I, I'm not really that familiar with Netflix's catalog like that to go in. But no, there was... um. There was a the choose your own adventure one I'm trying to remember. Yeah, I do believe that is what that one was called. Yeah. Uh, See, that, that's a great idea. But then again, I haven't seen the episode, so that's just me kind of saying that. But I, the, if you could somehow, like I said, if you can distill it into yeah. a ride and recapture a good experience for people, like I mean, instant classic. Those things are one good idea away from being monetizable for mm-hmm. sure. And like, that's that's really all I think. It's really about. If they get the if they get the right person planning squid and executing games. this, you can make it work. But it's also easy to fuck it up. Dang a squid game, squid, uh, like yeah, I'm not fucking with that one. I don't. I don't it, it, you know what? If that would that ride slap them back though. That's the that thing. ride would probably be be very popular. But I could also see it being a fucking oh yeah, I could see it making litigious nightmare. <laughs> it's trying to ensure that shit. Yeah, no, um. You know, it's funny, like, they've tried to do, like, a couple of... It's funny, I, I found this YouTube channel that talks about, like, wild things that happened on TV. And they were talking about, like, yo, they were trying... When they were, like, doing these extreme challenge TV shows, they, they Fox had a couple of them that were, like, extreme heat challenge where people would, like, be in contact with flames. and Like, wild shit. Without protection, proper protection, all kinds of shit. Like people were getting hurt, and it was like, "Yo, what's going on?" They had they had one where it was like, "Yo, do you think you could live in a live in a conservative neighborhood?" It was like extreme <laughs> racism challenge. Yo, it was crazy. One of the one of the judges was like, "I will not abide by the gays. If there's any gay contestants, they will lose." Yo. By the end of the show, they had to give the gay family the house because of how much discrimination that they received. Oh, that's hilarious, bro. Yeah, it was pretty bad. That's um, hilarious. But anyway, sorry. TV could get wild, so. Um, needless to say, uh, uh, Netflix, I think, they might be crazy like a fox. Yeah, I feel like that idea is like tightrope walking. Like, because you might be able to do it, but it's a long way down if you don't. It, it's... It's a lot of work to fail. Yep. So yeah, I, I I definitely didn't get it at first, but on deeper consideration, maybe it's not as crazy as I thought. Oh man, with a bunch of asterisks, asterisks, yeah, with a bunch of IPs, you can, you can make that work. It's just it like you're saying, it's it's I mean, perilous they, waters, bro. With Cowboy Bebop. Yeah. Nah. <laughs> Ironically, though, you know, that 
that uh, that that comes back down to the people Maybe involved. Maybe one or two popular because ones. the same right, studio right. that did Cowboy Bebop them. is also the same studio that did One Piece. So oh, is it the same studio? Yep, Tomorrow Studios did oh, the both so of them. They, so they were they they clearly it's, have connections there. It's all about the backing, baby. So yeah, I mean maybe one or two popular ones, but you're right because the the licensing can completely kill profitability, mm-hmm. especially on merch. And I feel like a, a huge portion is going to be having a quality merch store with like cool merch that people want to purchase. That's a super important one. Um, Damn, that, they, even like a even like on tour. A musician makes money mostly off of what? Merch. If the profit margin on merch is way higher than tickets or or even entry sales. And you you have to split it with less people. You know what I mean? They gotta have good food. Like they should they should invest highly on at least one high end restaurant if they want to to really because I think that enough adults patronize Netflix that would be interested in this to where a high end restaurant if they do the park right and they get the patronage, that's where it's going to be at. It's going to be full all the time. Yep. You know? And then that will drive patronage oh, to smaller restaurants. that shit. Um, Stranger Things. Oh, Stranger Things. What? You could turn... I haven't seen the show, so I can't really postulate what kind of ride you can make out of that. Oh, but I'm no, sure dude, you can no, make dude, one. There's, there's tons of creative content you for rides me? in that show. If there's a restaurant in, in, in Stranger Things, there's your restaurant. There's, there's a, one oh, of there's the chains of restaurants there's right a, there. There's a popular pizza shop in the show. Mm-hmm. Um, there, there's, there's so much you could do in terms of rides and... Like, there's the upside down, and you can have something themed after that. You have haunted houses. You can have, like, uh, there's they, they ride around in this pizza truck for a while. Like, you could do something with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Dang, bro. I really came in here with a completely different topic on Like, a <laughs> completely different take on this topic, and I've completely, like, switched my tune on it. But, yeah, dude. Dang. Because, like... Disney already has the established infrastructure, so that pivot for them might not... I don't know how natural it is, but it's well within their wheelhouse. Netflix didn't feel so natural, but in terms of, like, the content, it's there. Yeah, they definitely have the the catalog to make it work. But it's, it's exactly what you said, though. It's a lot of work. It's if it don't work. work, bro, if it fails, it's a lot of work to fail, dude. But, you know, not for nothing, building Netflix was a lot of work it's to true. fail. And not for nothing, even if Netflix was never profitable, they changed the culture of the world. Yeah, they did. Right? I can say that, right? Yeah, no, that's facts. They've changed the culture of the world. They've changed the way that people uh, consume to media. media. Mm-hmm. And they've changed the way people understand subscriptions. Mm-hmm. You know, because Netflix went has gone through almost every single subscription, subscription model <laughs> model available to an online streaming service. Yep. Um so yeah, dude. Man, man oh man. That's dope though. I I'm 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 glad that you, that your input definitely brought that conversation somewhere else because I would have sounded crazy given my take on that. Now that I'm like thinking deeply about it like mm-mm. Nah, but the thing is you're not wrong, dude. It's so risky. It just sounds it's crazy. It's so risky. I, I I don't think I'm wrong in saying it sounds crazy. Mm-hmm. It's just the next level it's will immediately th- show you, like, oh no. There, yeah, exactly. There's absolutely potential there, but there's it's equal potential for success and failure. Yeah, which is their model, which is why I think that Netflix, so which is why I think Netflix is gonna do That's it. That's so true. Yep. 
that's yeah. Netflix is the most risky um fucking entertainment company of, of this decade for sure. And, and they've only succeeded because of their initial investment and cultural value is that high. If if Netflix didn't become an actual cultural idea, yeah, like, like that's Netflix true. and chill is a thing. Yeah, that's absolutely People who true. do not watch Netflix say, "I will Netflix, no, Netflix and, chill. and chill." Yep. With no intentions of ever streaming a thing, <laughs> you know what I mean. And so, even if, spawning the um the the memes of like Netflix, are you still watching? Yeah, bro, <laughs> everything. The will you pay daughter. more? Yeah, you know that's a saying? new one. Netflix, will you pay more? Um, but yeah, it's like, so yeah, it, it's been their model to allow their cultural value to be a lost leader. I guess, you know, um, for their major investments, which would be the, because that's the thing is that Netflix is not profitable. Stranger Things is extremely profitable. How, Sway? How? Well, it's because they're smart about it. Netflix keeps their value off the books. Netflix fully well knows that they're fucking profitable, but they don't want to pay taxes. And so they're more than welcome. They haven't, listen, I have zero money. Yo, they're like Kodak I Black. I heard no one by saying that. They're but like I gain everything Black by in that saying that. Video. <laughs> you ever see that video with Kodak Black? And it's just like the judge say I got all this money, money. And with the chain and I everything, got right? I'm the broke. Blinging, bro. Shining. My, my man's teeth <laughs> Netflix are Netflix out here. Like I got. Yo, nothing. my man's teeth are twenty grand. You feel me? Netflix. My man's teeth are twenty grand. Netflix, if you can't about, afford nothing, I can't nothing. pay, Judge. I can't pay. <laughs> if you can't afford nothing, Netflix, how can you spend ten million dollars an episode of the show? No. I ain't got nothing. Why man. is why is Stranger Things profitable in the order that is greater than your deficit in value? Stranger Things as an IP is more profitable than deficit in value of Netflix. That's 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 there. Checkable. If you were to, because the, the value of Stranger Things is considered separate of Netflix, which is like, but it's produced entirely by Netflix. But it's like, yeah, yeah, but that's its own thing. It's like, I got you. You don't want to pay taxes on everything at once. Feel man. Understandable. You're stupid if you pay taxes according to the pres, <laughs> the former president. You know what I mean? So it is what it smart. is. Smart. You know, and so um. Yeah. Dude. Anyway, the the Netflix model has been is is moving in an interesting way, in a lot smarter way than I would have originally given it credit for. But yeah, man. Um, in other entertainment news, because I'm starting to say to consider the stuff that comes off of mainstream news as uh, entertainment for the most part. But um, MSNBC had a host. Now we we know that every every news agency has been united in support of Israel's inhumane attack um, on on the Gaza Strip. Um, but MSNBC, in concert, and typically in concert with that, had a host, Ali, what's it, uh, Ali Velshi, who is, I believe he's a Nigerian Muslim, um, originally, um, man. But uh, he's, you know, he's a regular uh, MSNBC host, you know, does his thing. He's he's been um, reporting news for quite some time, you know, but uh, he he felt like he had to have a truthful moment on air, man, and he put it all out there. Like, listen, no sane person is saying that Hamas is right for what they're doing, 
But to start your critique of this at that point, it's disingenuous on the face of it. And I'm just paraphrasing what he said, you know? And 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 generally, it, it, it's crazy. Like, I, and I'm glad that I have this podcast sometimes because we get to put out stuff on the breaking. And and this was the exact same opinion that 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 we were putting out before. And, and honestly, I think a lot of right-minded people are holding is that start... Condoning Hamas is a non-starter. That has nothing to do with condemning the bombing of hospitals and civilian structures. Israel is clearly in the wrong. And it's it's not, it is not anti-Semitic, nor is it against our government to think that de-escalation is the primary push. To think that we have to wholeheartedly follow Israel down the path of genocide, otherwise we have gone to the side of supporting Hamas and being anti-Semitic, is a, is a false equivalency. Those things are not all in the same basket, and we can hold multiple thoughts in the same time, such as Hamas should never have attacked those people. Israel also has no right to bomb civilians and hospitals and UN structures in their pursuit of retribution. This is not a right to defend yourself. This is not a right to exist. This is using terrorism as an excuse to commit genocide, which is exactly what happened to the Jewish people. And it's so funny. I see how many people are drawing the parallels. I mean, they literally, the Jewish... Or, or I should say the Israeli government put out a, a, a public tweet with Nazi imagery likening Palestinians to roaches and the IDF to the boot, which there's Nazi imagery showing Jews as the roach and the Nazi swastika as the boot. And it's like they're literally parroting Nazi media at this point. And so, you know... It's, it's, I think it's very brave of Ali to go on, or, or, or Mr. Velshi to go on TV and, and state that point. But I think that the issue that we're running into is, is that any right-minded person would have already seen what's going on and been disgusted by it. So I don't think that telling truth to power at this point is going to have the same hit, because the people who are viewing mainstream media have already made the decision. They've already decided that whatever um, Israel does is right. They've already decided that the Palestinians have no right to de to to defend themselves, have no right to 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 retaliate. So you know, telling truth to power on the air is mostly masturbatory because, unfortunately, it's not. I don't think it's reaching people on that 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 level. I don't even think that educating the public helps much because the call to the public is mostly just a smokescreen for what they're going to do already. Israel bombed the Baptist hospital, tweeted out, we bombed the Baptist hospital, showed video of them bombing the Baptist hospital, and then had the nerve to say, nah, it was a Hamas rocket that misfired and blew up the hospital after they saw the backlash. And then mainstream news parrots that as if 
people weren't there watching them real life tweet this shit. You know what I mean? Like, the people who are hearing that, who are listening to mainstream media, who haven't already written it off, I don't think, I think they're immune to hearing truth and, 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 and genuine discussion. So, you know, I laud him for doing that. And that's one hell of a, it's a mea culpa, not because, you know, you did something wrong, but because the truth is scathing. And in this environment, they'll turn it back on you. You know what I mean? You'll tell the truth and you'll end up being the one in trouble. And so, yeah, dude, I, I hope he's, I hope he keeps his job. It's been, a, I think it's been a week or two since he, since he did that on air. And um, I haven't seen anything come out with backlash from, from the corporation on him. But let me tell you, man, it is hard through that mainstream noise engine to get any kind of like genuine critique of what's going on here. This shit's crazy. It is, it is, it is, I think, given the, the wild lack of self-awareness that the Israeli government has had thus far, I'm surprised, genuinely. Like, it's such a clear play that they feel like this is the moment. This is their moment. I mean, what is it? It's been 13 days. Constant bombing every day on a 22-mile strip. What do you think's left there? You know, what do you think is left there? And then, and then these motherfuckers have the nerve to come ask for what another ten point eight two billion with a number like that. They got something in mind. It's 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 absurd, you know. And and I'm ninety nine percent sure that Biden has tanked any chance of him winning any kind of election. I don't think any right head. And that's the crazy part is they 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 take their polls. Eighty percent of Americans support Israel because. You know, we live in a Christian extremist country. And unfortunately, if you understand the history of Abrahamic religion, Christians and Jews don't have as contentious a relationship as the Crusades might lend you to think. That was, those were moments in history. But overall, Christians and Jews have worked together hand in hand in a large degree for societal and religious progress. So, you know, I, 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 I can see the, this partnership being what it is, but I think, but when they poll people to see, hey, do you think that, you know, we should be funding Israel's assault on Gaza? I think it's like 55% of Americans say no. Which shows, you know, what I've been saying the whole time is, is that this wartime footing, the, the wars that Biden has chosen to get into, I have a feeling are going to tank his ability to be reelected. And I'm pretty sure the Dems, they ain't, they're not bringing nothing to the table. They're not, they're not putting forth any real candidates. Any other candidates they have are going to be diversity picks. And they're going to get trounced. And and moreover, you know, as much as I want to support Cornell West, man, every campaign this move this man makes, I try to frame it positively. But now we hear it's coming out who his donors are. And this is hugely problematic. 
this is not pocket watching. Don't genuinely care how much money he donates or how much money he fundraises. That's on him. Donald Trump has been using it as a cash cow for years, since 2016. Prior to that, 2014, because he started campaigning for president um, well before 2016. <coughs> so maybe 2015. So I'm not going to fault him for using his campaign as as a as a way of gaining money. But the people who are donating to your campaign do matter to me to some degree. And does the name Harlan Crow ring a bell to you? Yes, dude, back in what's his face? The Supreme Justice dude, yep. Thomas, Clarence Thomas. So the same person who has been funding the bribes to the Supreme Court to keep them off the back of the January 6th insurrection, that Harlan Crow, who's been paying Clarence Thomas, whose wife Jenny Thomas is an election denier, who actively has chosen not to recuse himself when dealing with cases with January 6th, that guy, his his major, like, the, the guy who got him in trouble for fraternizing with Harlan Crow. He's a donor to Cornell West. Now, you got to be able to turn down money sometimes. You got to be able to. Even Bernie has had to stop and make public statements like, no, we don't take money from this corporation. We have turned down that, so don't take any public endorsements from this poor corporation in reference to my campaign. Seriously. We do not accept donations from this corporation because he understands ideologically his base is very ideological. It people don't vote for left wing and 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 progressive candidates for political expediency. It's not politically expedient to vote for left wing candidates. You do that ideologically. And because of that, it is very unwise to take funding from people who are not ideologically aligned from you. Because the people who support you are doing so based on that. And they don't want to find a moneyed interest that is counter to your ideology because the idea that Hillary Clinton put forward that you can get paid $600,000 from a corporation and not care about that corporation's wishes and interests is the utter height of delusion. And I don't believe that anyone gives Cornell West, someone who I hold to an extremely high ethical and moral standard, who I believe has, in the public eye, operated on an extremely high ethical and moral standard, I still don't believe he is immune to the pervasive influences of funding. If you're taking money from Harlan Crow, you care about what Harlan Crow has to say. Because he ain't giving you that money unless you've heard him out. That's how that works. When you are the big dog in the pond in terms of giving people money, you don't have to give them money until they've heard you out. Now, with that being said, you want to take a wild guess what Mr. West's response was? <laughs> <What>? <laughs> and 
and and and and I'm the the first line is a direct quote, but I'll paraphrase it right the rest. But and and this is where he completely lost me. As a free black man, I'm done with you. If it's an interesting you start. are telling me as a free black man you reserve the right to take money from white supremacists, then your idea of a free black man is tenuous because you're taking money from people who do not believe that you should have the freedom that you are exercising. These are people who very who have Nazi memorabilia in a museum wing of their house. Nazis historically did not respect the Negroid race as they referred to it as. You know, slave masters kept their slaves healthy and fed them. I don't think that that meant in any way they respected them as free fucking men. So for him to, to lead off the obvious controversy behind this with as a free black man, I guess I shouldn't have taken you seriously to begin with. That is my fault. Just like when I hear Kanye say some crazy shit, like, you know what? I bear some responsibility for having listened to you in the first place. But if Cornell West, as someone who speaks out as eloquently about the obvious issues and hypocrisy of this country can't see the tone deafness of that fucking response. He took a page out of the fucking Chomsky book. We were like, yo, Chomsky, yo, why were you chilling with a pedophile? Listen, I hang out with a lot of people. (laughs) Who's the fucking PR for these guys, dog? Like, I mean, I'm pretty sure that Carolina's 24-year-old sister could have come up with a better fucking PR statement than as a free black man, I reserve the right to fucking take money from racists if I want to. Like, just say, just, just say this is a money, just, just say this is a cash grab for you. Just say you saw the money-making potential from running a campaign, whether it was successful or not, when Pete Buttigieg ran and made fucking several hundred thousand dollars, and you said, hey, there is an opening here where I can pander to some people and make a bunch of money. And I never got to worry about being president because ain't no one voting out of this fucking system. I've been talking about how the American people are sheep the whole time. So I don't believe that you people are going to vote third party, but I can make money while doing this. That's the vibe it's giving off. And that and that's that's sad. Um that makes me feel stupid for trying to contextualize all of those moves his party was making earlier on. Um it looks like he was entering into those arenas to use his magnetic popularity to hoover up people and gain people who will follow him to the different platforms that he was hopping to to gain uh, notoriety in his uh, candidacy. You know, he started on the People's Party. Took up the stragglers of the People's Party, went to the Green Party. 
the stragglers of the Green Party went to the Independent Party. Coalesced all those stragglers. Once he's got... And, and I think he was pulling at like around 13%. Not for nothing. That's not bad. Um, I think Biden and Trump and the projections were at 30-something apiece with the rest of the field splitting up the remainder of the, of the, of the pie. Um, which is enough to get him at least, which is enough to get the attention of rich people who know that if they don't give him money now, God forbid something happened, maybe Trump goes to jail, nobody's going to vote for him. And, uh, who do you think wins between Cornell West and Biden? Biden. You think Biden beats him? Mm-hmm. I think Cornell's got a shot. And I don't think you're wrong for saying that at all. Not at all. First of all, incumbency, like 85% indicator of who's going to win. So, that I mean, that's the safe pick. You know what I mean? Um, unless you whack. Unless, but isn't this nigga old and whack? I'm just saying... This nigga is super old and whack. And I'm hey, not man. being ageist. All I'm saying he's is... He's way too fucking old to be doing this job. Sorry. 85% yeah. of presidents can make it two-term, nigga. What's your excuse? Oh, way more than that. I mean, what is it? Like, three out of 47 or 46 didn't make it? Three or four oh haven't made God. it two terms? And hey, one of them was fucking... Wasn't one of them Nixon? Yeah. For Nixon, obvious fucking reasons. Ni- Nixon, Bush, Ford, oh my God. Trump... Nixon, Bush, Ford, Trump, and I think there's like a couple others. It's like and that has to be others. Bush one. So there's like seven. Yeah, Bush, Bush one. two stole his shit. Bush yeah, two Bush was one. like, nah, you ain't getting me out, nigga. You got me fucked up. I got Cheney in the back. Uh, well, no, Cheney wasn't letting exactly. You feel me? You go, you exactly. Go, you feel me? Talk to my nigga Cheney, son. Nigga, I'm just here for funsies. Do all the coke. <laughs> Talk to my nigga Cheney. You want me out this bitch? But yeah, so unfortunately, it seems like um. Mr. West's uh, candidacy has become a bit of a shit show. Um, I don't accept at all his statement on accepting racist money, nor do I accept his um, statement in support of Israel. I believe that he was milk toast in defending the deaths in Palestine. Um, I think that if you want to be fair and equal, the best way to do that is when you report body counts and report whole body counts. Don't split it up, Israelis and, and Palestinians. Tally up everyone who's died, and those are the running body counts. That's how we be fair and equal. Because they're, those are the real people suffering. Those are the real people dealing with the, with the, with the fallout of the shit that we sit here and pontificate about on the internet. You know what I mean? And I and I see the same thing about Cornell West because he hasn't done shit but pontificate on the internet about the situation. You know, it's recognized that Hamas is a terrorist organization. Even though I wouldn't say... The, the problem is, is that the only other legitimate government authority in, in, in Palestine is the Palestinian Authority, which is a... Israeli-run organization. So they end up just reflecting the same racist and bigoted policies that Israel wants to reflect in in Palestine on the face. And they and you know, and and that's what that's the scary part 
is how much the dynamics resemble what goes on in America, but it's so much more extreme in Israel. When Israel runs campaigns to get self-hating Palestinians to galvanize around subjugating other Palestinians, it's vicious. And when they support and prop up these people, they put them in positions that it's hard for the average Palestinian not to desire. You know, if you're if you become a pro-Jewish stooge in the Palestinian Authority, they will give you all of these faux uh, accolades, and they'll they'll save you to la- for last for settlement. You know what I mean? Like it'll look like your house is safe as long as there's other Palestinians they don't like to settle. Um, and so that encourages a lot of Palestinians to be okay with it. To, be, to think that, you know, maybe that a Palestinian authority ain't so bad, even though they represent, you know, the oppressive force. They represent governments on the side of the oppressive force. And so because the Palestinian authority is, can be such a non-starter for so many people because of their legacy of being very uh, austere with how they want to govern Palestine for the Jewish government or the Israeli government, it's forced people into a position where if you're only going to give us two options between Hamas and the Palestinian government, the Palestine, the pa- the, I'm sorry, the Palestinian Authority, the Palestinian Authority is seems very anti-Palestinian. So if my only other option is Hamas, then well, shit, I guess I'm abstaining. And so it looks like on the face of it, that there's huge support for Hamas. But it's not. There's not huge support for Hamas. Of the electorate, of the voting population, of adults who have seen the fecklessness of, of the Palestinian Authority, they, they're split. They're split. But of the young people, they want anything other than what's there. And they aren't so close-minded as to think that Hamas and the Palestinian authorities are their only choices. The vast majority of people... <laughs> the worst part is, is that there's so many dead people in Palestine that there's a huge middle fucking gap. So you have, like, I think 30 to 40% of Palestine is under 15. And then you got another 30% that's over 40 you know and so the gap of the people in the middle it's too spread thin that's a huge age range between 15 and 40 that a third of the population is do you understand what i'm saying how the age distribution ends up skewing very very negatively you know what i mean when you're trying to actually poll an opinion you know it's it's impossible it's impossible and then there's no way to to deal with the nuance of what's happening on the ground in a pole, you know? And so it's just a really fucked situation. And this government choosing to be on... If there's ever a time to be neutral in history, this would have been it. Because the support of genocide... I mean, we we could create witticisms about how evil happens when good people turn a blind eye or whatever, but I still maintain 
that the person actively contributing and participating in genocide is far worse than the person who put it in a blind eye to it. You know, is that a, that's not a crazy concept, right? Like, the person doing the killing is worse than the person who's being apathetic to the killing. Sounds like common sense to me. You know what I mean? It's and just so, convenient logic to say they're the same thing. You know what I mean? And so we got we to gotta fight that. We got to fight that. And I know we're running long, so I want to wrap up on that point, you know? Just fight the 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 urge to consume or take op- open ended the the narrative that's fed to you through mainstream media is extremely biased. You don't have to support Hamas. You don't even have to support Palestine to understand that what's going on in Israel right or, or in Palestine right now is wrong. The execution of this by the Israeli government. It's not even tit for tat anymore. They've killed far more Palestinians than Jewish people were lost in the Hamas attack, terror attack. So, you know, it is what it is, you know. Let's not take that mainstream narrative wholesale. Let's understand and hold multiple ideas that there was a terrorist attack and the retaliation against that terrorist attack, much in the same way that America's response to Iraq was completely wrong. And we don't want to be caught in another situation where 10, 20 years down the line, we're like, oops, there was no fucking WMDs after we've killed a million Iraqis. Because if Israel kills a million Palestinians, that's it. Their population will likely go into a permanent decline. And so I actively leave a moment of silence to think a little bit about that. Let's not recreate that and be part and parcel to genocide. Alrighty, guys, thank you for joining us. I hope you enjoyed the show. If you did, please feel free to subscribe to us. You can find us on patreon.com or on anchor.fm. You could also find us on the social media on Twitter at Korea underscore T and at Home Heron. You could also find us on Instagram at Heron's Home Podcast and at Heron's Homies. You could find me on Instagram at RicoGVO. Remember, guys, time's only wasted if you choose to waste it. So learn from your mistakes. It's the only thing you ever truly will learn from. Thanks again for joining us and have a great one. Peace out. Take it easy.